And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Matthew chapter 28, verse 9. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I love this verse. Jesus met them. His body was gone from the tomb. The angels just announced to the two Marys that he'd risen. But the Marys had no idea where he actually was. How could they? The whole specter of a resurrected immortal body was a new thing to be getting their heads around. But in obedience to the angelic charge, they're off to tell the disciples. And they've barely left the empty tomb. The distance between the tomb and the upper room where the disciples have been is not far. They've barely left the empty tomb and they run right into Jesus. The angels had said that Jesus would show himself to the whole band of the disciples in Galilee. But Jesus couldn't apparently wait that long to announce the kingdom and the resurrection to the two Marys. Especially to dear Mary Magdalene, the model of a a repentant sinner. Easter morning had only just broken, so the prophecy of being raised on the third day could only just be true, and Jesus doesn't tarry, he doesn't leave them waiting any, not a millisecond longer than they have to before showing up to the Marys to show himself. Having conquered death and Satan and proclaimed his kingdom to the spirits in prison on Holy Saturday, Jesus of Nazareth takes back his mortal body, his cold body that was lying in the tomb. He takes it back unto himself and transforms it, glorifies it. So it's healed and risen and immortal and that takes it actually um, I, w- I was trying to think of like, I-, I wasn't sure if it's theologically accurate or not to say into other dimensions, because maybe that gets kind of sci-fi, but, <laughs> but then I realized it's not just other dimensions, it's the dimension beyond all dimensions, right? He takes his human body into the, the very heart of Godhead himself. And there from the perfect union of his humanity and his divinity and his resurrected body, he can step down from the heavens in which he dwells, wherever and whenever, wherever and when, whenever he likes. He showed himself. He shows up and he vanishes and he shows up and he vanishes because he is just appearing in his created world, which sits in his right hand. And I just love that the very first person he shows himself to is Mary Magdalene. The two Marys weren't seeing a ghost or an illusion or imagining things. They were seeing Jesus as real as you can see me right now. What a sight. And what a sight for because just 48 hours before those two Marys, the gospel writers are very clear, were there at the cross. The last time they saw Jesus two days ago, he was disfigured so we couldn't even recognize him. Bloody and bruised. 36 hours before this morning, they had just laid him in the tomb. And now here he is, whole and glorious in front of them. He met them. And when we die, he will meet us, and we'll see him face to face, and faith will be sight. He met them and he says, greetings, which could also be translated welcome, maybe even good morning. What a good morning it was. The dawn of new creation. Death has just had its stinger ripped off. Mankind in Christ will now live forever as of this morning. And all of God's promises that we just heard layered on to Adam and Eve and Noah and Moses, oh sorry, and Abraham and Moses and David 
every promise that he's been sort of portioning out of his treasure house for four, upwards of three, four thousand years now finally is fulfilled in Jesus. A good morning indeed. Um, the word he says, greetings, is the traditional word of welcome when someone came to your house. What is he welcoming them into? Into paradise. The door has just been opened, like seconds ago. He only has just come back from the dead. And like the good shepherd, he's leading the first of his sheep into the mansion that he's prepared for them before the foundation of the world. They are being welcomed into him, into a whole new life. And this announcement that Jesus has risen, it's uh, as if it got the, was announced to them that, oh, by the way, you've just, um, you're actually a relative of this king, and you have an inheritance and a palace and a domain, and that's exactly what they were given. And that news changes your whole life, as it would, right? If we imagine the, the mortal version of that, if someone said, oh, you didn't know this, but actually you're the next empress of Germany or something, you're like, wow, okay, everything's different now, right? <laughs> Times that by a hundred, or maybe a billion, I don't know how numbers work like that, but. They were welcomed with greetings, and they fell to the ground, and they took hold of his feet. They're told the door to heaven is open, and they run and grab the handle. The wounds from which they had just witnessed his atoning blood pouring out of. And with their bodies, they communicate their faith and what our faith should be, right? Clinging to Jesus. Confessing, you are alive. Here you are. You are alive. By the blood that poured from these feet, my sins have been forgiven. Your sins have been forgiven. Jesus, by your resurrection, I am justified. He was raised for our justification. We are counted righteous before the Father because of Jesus. They were welcomed. They embraced his feet feet that had just been down into Hades and were now alive again. And they worshipped him. What else could they do? <laughs> what else should we do? Jesus has met us in his word, as we've heard it read here and through all these Sundays and devotions of Lent, especially of these last few holy days. I hope that he's met you in your self-denials and the difficult fumbling, frail practice of trying to deny something. I hope that you've, he's drawn, you've found him to draw closer to you in that. He's met us in the faces of other Christians. I know this Lent I've experienced the grace and mercy of Christ from fellow believers. I hope you have as well. These are not just um, accidental trinkets along life's way. This is Jesus himself showing himself to us while we walk by faith. He's nourished us in our holy communions. And he welcomes us just like he welcomed the Marys, as now clean and now forgiven, even though in ourselves we are dirty and sinners. And he's given us eternal life for free, free to us, very expensive to him, but free to us. We can't touch his feet, but he doesn't give us just his feet. He gives us his whole body not just to touch, and not just for a moment, but to feast on in the mysterious way in Holy Communion that we're about to celebrate. So I invite you together with Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, who remember are right now in heaven, we, we trust and believe that they are right now still looking at the Jesus that they worshiped in the garden outside the tomb. 
to join them in worshipping our Lord and Saviour. Please pray with me. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your great love toward us. We thank you for ransoming us by giving your own life for us. We thank you that we need to have no fear of death and no fear even of coming before your great judgment seat because you are so merciful towards us. We love you and we worship you. And Lord, I pray that through this Easter night, this Easter tide, you would pour into us more of a spirit of worship, that we would gather more of our lives and our hearts and our minds and offer them up to you, and that our Easter praise would be pleasing in your sight, brought to you as it is through your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen.